0: Bible reading is from Exodus 17, verse 1 to 7, uh, on the red and black cup of Bibles, it's around page 50. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt, to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarrelled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Thanks.
1: Well, thank you, Eugene, for reading the Bible for us. And today I'm going to start off with a picture. This is a picture of my wife, Grace, and we've been married for 13 years, 13 years. And after 13 years of marriage, I've discovered three things about my wife. One, she's a fantastic mum. Two, she's a fantastic wife, but the third thing is that she is a terrible navigator. She's very, very bad at navigating. You know so on road trips this is a very common scenario we're in the car and then all of a sudden she'll give me an instruction but it's just way too early she'll go mark you need to turn right in a hundred kilometers i'm going oh my goodness that is one hour away that's way too early or the opposite thing happens we're on a road trip and she'll go i think you need to turn left in the third road, or maybe it's the second road. Oh, actually, it's the left back there. And I'm going, no, now this is too late. See, now I've decided that every time we go on a long road trip, I need to borrow my parents' car. Why? Because in my parents' car, there is inbuilt GPS. That's the way we solve our problem. So there I am in my parents' car. Yes, I get to finally relax. Yes, I get timely prompts. They tell me in advance, I just get to cruise in my parents' car, but what's happened is in my parents' car, my mum's, my mum and dad's car, their GPS has a habit of freezing now. It just stops working and it's happened again and again, which would be okay if I'm driving in a part of Australia which I know, but when I'm in a part where I don't know and your GPS freezes, what happens? There's panic stations, oh my goodness, quick, do I turn off here, where can, I, where, can I, where can I go, should I stop, where can I pull over? And this has happened again and again. So much so that now every time I go on a long road trip, I have my parents' GPS, and I now have Google Maps on my phone, just in case when it freezes, then I'll have another map to get up on, So look at. Which begs this question, Why bother having the GPS at all? See, when you keep butting up against the same problem again and again, why keep what you have? You might as well proceed as if it wasn't there. Well, if you haven't met me, my name's Mark. I work at City Bible Forum, and today I'm finishing off in the final talk in a three-week series called The Lull, Living In Between. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. And this is the way we define the lull. The lull is that in-between zone when life is just caught buffering. And this often happens between two peaks. And between those two peaks is that in-between zone when life is buffering. See, what are we prone to do when we're in that zone, when we think we're stuck at uni or stuck at work or stuck in a certain season in life? What happens when we're caught in between those two peaks? And more importantly, what does God say in the lull when life is buffering? Because when you're in the lull, what happens is you often butt up against the same problem again and again. Which makes you wonder, why bother having God at all? I might as well proceed as if God wasn't there in the first place. Because I keep butting up against the same problem again and again. So, what, does, what do God's people do when they're in this lull, when they experience this problem? Let's go back to the book of Exodus and see how they, what, what happens. And so the talk will be divided into three parts. Part one, what are God's people prone to do in the lull? The middle part of the talk, what does God say to them? And the final part of the talk, what difference does Jesus make? So let's go to the first part. What are God's people prone to do? To do? Now this is a picture of Albert Einstein, and there's a very famous quote he uh, has given, and it's about insanity. Do you know what, how he defined insanity? Insanity is this. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You are just insane to keep on doing the same thing and expecting a change. And that's actually how God, where we find God's people in Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. Let's read it. It's going to be on the stream. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin travelling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. What, what's happening with God's people? They're travelling from place to place. Their life is on a hold pattern right now. They camp and they move. They get to the, another place. They camp and they move. They camp, they move. Can you see how their life is just buffering? And to make matters worse, they encounter... The same problem they had before. So they quarreled with Moses and said, "Give us water to drink." They're back to square one. Two weeks ago, we saw what happened. When we went Talk series one, they were at Mara where they were thirsty. And now they're back. Back to square one, back to not having water. Can you see the frustration building up? And it's driving them insane. (laughs) We're back here with the same problem. And because they're back here with the same problem, there's that sense of deja vu, the wheel turning over. Their response to Moses intensifies. The question they ask cuts deeper. And this is what we read in verse 2. They quarreled here with Moses and said, give us water to drink. See, in the past they grumbled, but now they're quarrelling. At Mara they grumbled, at, at, at here they quarrel. What's the difference between grumbling and quarrelling? Well, grumbling, I think, is a murmur, a mutter, a disquiet. But quarrelling is a challenge. There's seeds of defiance in what they are saying. They actually now want to pick a fight with god and moses did you remember what does moses say to god these people are about to stone me so everything's just ramped up they've gone the wheel's gone around again they've got the same problem and now their question and their feelings are more intense their feelings are more intense and the question they ask cuts very deep because what question they ask in verse 7 And he called the place Masa and Meribah because the Israelites quarrelled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Is God here with me in this lull? Does God know how I feel? Does God know me? Is God doing anything? Because guess what? We're back here again. When you're in the lull for long periods, you encounter the same problem again and again. Personally, perhaps you're confronted by the same sin again and again. Maybe you struggle with your temper and rage and responding disproportionately. Maybe you find your tongue hard to control. There are always some... Uh, sinister side comments you have during a dinner table or during a conversation. Maybe you hoard and so generosity is very, very hard. You're you're hesitant to be generous. You hold back. Maybe you lack courage. Maybe you have indecision. Maybe you make decisions too quickly and you don't think about wisdom. But whatever happens, personally in the lull, you will struggle with sin. You'll just feel, I'm butting up against the same problem again and again. And what question do you think you'll ask yourself? Is God here with me? Or maybe it's corporately, not just personally, corporately. Maybe you're in a Bible study or a church family and you just see the same blind spots, the same problems, the same brokenness, the same roadblocks occurring again and you're just going from place to place. What question do you think you'll ask about God? Is God here? Or I work at City Bible Forum with a group of people I work with, with workers. It expresses itself like this. Workers, they rock up to the same workplace to work with the same group of people and they see the same shortcomings day in, day out. They see the same inhibiting culture. They see the same unhealthy personalities that they have to butt up against again and again. You see, there are all different ways, personally, corporately, or in your workplace, but the same question cuts deep. And you butt up against the same problem. Is God... Here. Exodus 70 is how you experience life today. See, when you see the same problem come up again and again, is God among us? Is the question you will ask. We are no different. And that is what God's people are known to do in the life. So that's part one finished. Now let me show you a different picture, this is a picture of my two kids, one of them is here, hi Annabelle, that's my daughter, anyway that's Annabelle and that's Mitchell and they're getting ready for school and one of the things that I discovered at school at Easter, there's something called an Easter hat parade and it's this thing, it's a very simple, if you've never heard of it before it's very very simple. Easter hat, you need to make an Easter hat, and then you get to walk, the kids get to walk around and parade around. And now, being a first time when my daughter's in Kenya, I think, hey, this is fantastic, this is really, really important. Okay, so let's, as a whole family, let's create the best Easter hat we could. I even took time off work to go watch a parade, and I think, yes, this is fantastic. And then, it's a big deal, but guess what happens? Next year, in year one, Easter comes around again and think, okay, 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 we did it last year. This year, okay, we're gonna do it. Oh, let's put a bit of effort in. Okay, I took time off last year. I better take time off this year. Let's go watch the parade around. And then guess what? It comes again. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh no, I set up the wrong pattern. I need to now reinvest in Mac. My... couldn't we use the East hat? No, 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 we have to do it again and again and again. And then you think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be doing this for another four years. And then my son's going to kindy and it refreshes again. Oh, how many days of leave am I burning just to watch this parade? See, now, I love my kids and I will do anything for them as a dad. But rocking up again and again and again is just tiring. And I love them dearly. So let's move to the middle part of the goal. What does God do in response to the lull? When he sees his people rock up again and again to the same problems, what does God do? Now let's look at verse 5 and 6 of Exodus 17. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there because you, before you, by the rock at Horeb, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. Do you see what God says? God shows them, his response is to show them that he is still there. I will stand there before you and in front of the elders and with the people. Repetition may get us very tired. We butt up our gifts our heads against the same problem again and again but that repetition does not face God the God of the Bible says I am here again I am with you again see we might get tired rocking up but God does not get tired rocking up the same problem same situation and God says I am there a worker introduced me to a quote from Jerry Bridges which I think expresses this and it really resonates resonated with me and at the time with the worker as I was reading the Bible and it goes like this our worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. No matter the situation, whether it's better or worse, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, when you encounter the same problem, God is there because his grace can reach you there. You are never beyond him. Even though you grow tired of rocking up and encountering the same problem, God does not. And in case you have any doubts about this, we can be sure that this is even more true for us today because while God showed his people in Exodus a very powerful symbol, water from a rock, that was a powerful symbol that God was there. For us today in 2019, he has left us an even more powerful symbol that he is there with us because when Jesus died and rose again, there, everyone here today has the greatest symbol that God is. Is here with you now. God does not just is the God of celebration of the good times, but God is the God of the slow grind as well. When you're confronted by the same situation and you butt up and think, here we go again, Jesus' death and resurrection says, God is there with you right there. So we've seen what God's people are prone to do. We've seen how God responds. So what difference does God make? Let's go to the final part of the talk. Now, one reason I was keen to actually, and the I guess let me take you back. Why did I come up with this series? What prompted it was the lull and living in between is because I think it resonates with us at a micro level all the way to the macro level. At the micro level, it's a week to week thing. If you're a worker I live for the weekends, and the lull is work. It might resonate with your life stage. Yes, I'm stuck in this life stage. I wish I could move on, but here I am. So it works at a micro, it works all the way up, but I think it actually works at the greatest level, the greatest highest level, the biggest picture. Why? Because it actually describes your life of following Jesus. Let me explain. You see, Jesus' death and resurrection has already happened. And he has promised to return. And that's something he'll come back in the future. And when he returns, he'll wipe away all sickness, he'll wipe away all tears. This is a perfect picture. But where do we live? We live in between those two peaks the death and resurrection of Jesus and his promised return, and following Jesus is living. In the law. And so, as we wrap this series up, when you're in that zone, there are three questions that God's people asked in the law. The first question was at Mara. And this came from the futile search. They searched for water. Instead of being sweet, it was bitter. And the question God's people asked is, will God take care of me today and the answer was yes even more so because god is not just the doctor do you remember he doesn't rescue you but he's also the physio as well he tests you and builds resilience in you will god take care of you today absolutely the second question we found was is life better Will I get rest? Do you remember? This was at when God gave his people manna in the desert. And we said, hey, they have selective memory. Remember, they? let's go back to Egypt. There were pots of meat. We could sit down and rest. And God goes, Haha. I hear you, and I'm going to give you something even better. You will be able to rest on the seventh day because I'm going to give you double as much on the sixth day. I will provide for you. You see, is God... is." This life better with God. Will I get rest? Absolutely, because God hears you and gives you a better story. And finally, today at Meribah, when you butt up your against, you butt up your head against the same problem again and again. You will ask, Is God among us today? Is He here with me? And we heard, Yes, even more so, because we not only have His commands. He actually gives us himself. I stand with you. See, when it comes to following Jesus, it can feel like you are living in the lull. And these are the kinds of questions, if you haven't asked already, you will probably ask before Jesus comes back. But most importantly, each of these answers is yes. Yes. Even more so because God is with you in the lull. He cares for you. He gives you a better life, a better story. And he stands with you. And so the lull is actually as good a place to be living as anywhere else. And that's why I think this series will hopefully help you follow Jesus until he comes again. Let's pray. Father God, we give you great thanks that in your word we, we get to see a little snapshot of what it looks like to follow you today. Thank you for how your word articulates the questions we ask and and we see how we're no different. Thank you that we can learn from your people and how they respond when life is stuck, when we're living in between. But more importantly, as we ask these questions, God, we can be driven into a deeper love and commitment to you, for we see how good you are, how you do take care of us, how you do refine us, how you do give us a better story, and how you're always with us. Thank you that no matter where we're at, as we live in between, that is a great place to be. And we pray that you would, you would continue to change us, you continue to mould us, and you'll continue to sustain us till Jesus returns. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.